This is Stanley bringing you the sound doctrine of the Bible. Under God, I conducted sound doctrine seminars in 1997, 2007, and 2012. The talks of these seminars are now made available to you in segments. They are for your enlightenment and edification. We continue from what we saw in the previous segment. Now I would like to spend some time with you, uh, not on any doctrine, but I want to speak to you about the ministry. Now that's about ministry of the Lord. Because most of you are involved in some way or other in the ministry of God. So I thought that at the end of this program, I send you with some exhortations and counsel for your ministry. Now the title of this concluding talk is God Approved Ministry. God Approved Ministry. A Christian worker is a servant of God. Let me say that again. Don't miss the stress I give on these lines. A Christian worker is a servant of God. As such, his supreme motive must be to please God and earn his approval in everything he does. Galatians chapter 1 and verse 10 Do I now persuade men or God? Do I seek to please men? If I still pleased men, I would not be a servant of Christ. If I still pleased men. That means he refers to some kind of a continuation of the past. Now usually we are not born as servants of God. We become servants of God. That means until that point our philosophies might be quite different. We will be constantly guided by the thought, what would people think about this? What would people think about this? That will be the dominating thought of our works. But from the point that you become a servant of God, you have decided to serve God in His vineyard, you have to say, I don't continue to please men. If I still please men according to the old order, I should not be a servant of Christ. That's the message of this particular text. 2 Timothy 2nd chapter 4th verse. And now we will look at the latter portion of that verse. He may please him who enlisted him as a soldier. So any soldier, he tries to please his commander. Because he has come under a commitment. That is a truth, a picture. Apostle Paul is serving young Timothy. In order to have the approval of God in our ministries, there are several choices you have to make at every level. We have to make some choices and those choices we need to make almost at every level of our ministry. And I have noted down seven of them. 
from my experience and from what I have learned from the examples of several men of God and more primarily and predominantly from the word of God. Choice number one. Glory of God or gratification of self. Once again. Glory of God or gratification of self. Turn with me to book of Psalms 115. I will read to you verse 1. Most of you know this verse by heart. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us, but to your name give glory because of your mercy and because of your truth. Are you looking at the, are you noticing the emphasis that is given in this passage? Please look at the repetition. It is not just for the song's sake, for the composition's sake, it is repeated, but there is an emphasis for the truth. Not unto us, O Lord, not unto us. Not unto us, not unto us, but unto you, O Lord. Whatever may be the kind of your ministry, maybe it is a church planting ministry, or it may be church perfecting ministry, it may be an outreach ministry, or it may be an edification ministry for a group of believers, it may be a local ministry, or it may be a translocal ministry, it may be a residential ministry or it may be a mobile ministry. Whatever may be the type of your ministry that you are called unto, the end of the program or whatever you do must have only one aim, that is the glory of God. Take for example a sample passage from the testimony of missionary Paul. Romans 15th chapter. You can read from verse 9 to 12 onwards. He talks about his missionary work. And basically he was a missionary to the non-Jews or to the Gentiles. See how beautifully he quotes the Old Testament strict scripture to support his singular aim and motive in life. That the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written for this reason I will confess to you among the Gentiles and sing to your name. For this reason. Why do I go to preach the gospel to the Gentiles? Not because they will otherwise be lost and go to hell. That is secondary reason. That is a circumferential reason. Now why do I go to preach the gospel? For this reason. What is that reason? In order that they may glorify God. And the tenth words in the English Bible it says, And again he says. 
Before coming to preach anywhere, if I pray or lead a prayer, I don't say, Lord, enable me to preach well, shout well, get good words. All that is not my main prayer. My main prayer, Lord, I am going there on the pulpit. Help me, O God, to glorify you. Now that's what Apostle Paul testified when he wrote to 2 Corinthians, 10th chapter. Verses 16 and 17. Preach the gospel in the regions beyond you and not to boast in another man's fear of accomplishment. Verses 17 we read, He who glorifies, let him glory in the Lord. I want to present two examples before you in this context. One is Jesus and other is Apostle Paul. Jesus performed wonderful mighty miracles. Blind saw, deaf began to hear, dumb began to speak, lame began to leap for joy. You know what the Bible says? People who watch these things, they glorified God who has given such power to man. Lord Jesus Christ was able to reflect the wholesome glory to the Father. That is how he acted. Galatians 1st chapter verses 23 and 24. They were hearing only he who formerly persecuted us now preaches the faith which he once tried to destroy. What did they do? Verse 24, that should be our ultimate uh, expectation. And they glorified God in me. When they looked at Paul with all his oratory skill, which he developed and learned, with all the Old Testament knowledge which he acquired at the feet of Gamaliel when he started to reason out and preach. What did they say? Oh, is is the one who was once trying to destroy this faith. Now he is declaring that faith. And they did not stop there. They glorified God in Paul. And that is why it is very important that if people by mistake, generally by default, they will do it. If they glorify us, we should instantly 
and immediately and implicitly correct them. Behave like Paul and Barnabas in Lystra. They brought garlands to them. They brought oxen to be sacrificed for them. What did they do? They tore their clothes and ran away from their crowd and said, Why are you doing this vain thing? And in the Corinthian church, one said, I belong to Paul. Others said, I belong to Apollos. The others said, I belong to Cephas. And others said, I belong to Jesus Christ. How did Paul solve that problem? He took off all their eyes from what was happening at the horizontal plane to the cross of Jesus Christ. What was his question? Was Paul crucified for you? You see, when you bring that up, you just smash the whole thing out. Was Paul crucified for you? That question will solve the whole problem. Otherwise, whether Paul is better than Silas, or Silas is better than Apollos, or Apollos is... No, that comparison is all brought to nothing when you say about crucifixion. There was Herod one day and he gave a big oration. And what did people say? This is the voice of God. Did God kill him for that? No. But what does the Bible say? He did not give God the glory. So he died of worms. I have a question. If with an unbeliever, God is so strict in the matter of giving glory, how strict he will be with those of us who are believers and called to serve God? Just leave that question to you and that's enough for your further meditation. Glory of God or gratification of self, that's the first choice we have to make. Number two, people-oriented or program-minded. Once again, people-oriented or program-minded. When you start ministering for God, people normally flock around you. Don't use people to your advantage. 2nd Corinthians 12th chapter. I will read from 17 to 19. Did I take advantage of you by any of those whom I sent to you? I urged Titus and sent our brother with him. Did Titus take advantage of you? Did we not walk in the same spirit? Do you think that we excuse ourselves to you? We do all things, beloved, for your edification. Don't use people to your advantage. 
I don't know whether it was only during the daytime Jesus was teaching or both in the night also he was teaching. Three days program over. It was evening time. The disciples as usual became very diplomatic. They suggested to Jesus, you better send them out at 4, 4.30, otherwise you have to give them dinner. You see, it's diplomacy. But what did Jesus say? Three days they had been with me listening to the word of God. If we send them away like that, we will become free, but they will faint. Are you able to imagine that scene? This is what I call making choices. If we send them away, we'll become free and we can relax. But if we send them like that, they will faint. Are we program oriented or are we trying to edify and bless people? Once again, 2 Corinthians 12th chapter, verse 15. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls, though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Keep on spending, that is giving. Start being spent. That is where sacrificing begins. And that is where Christian ministry really begins to blossom. The more I bless you, the less I am loved by you. Doesn't matter. Because I want to bless you. Not out of compulsion. I will very gladly spend and be spent for your soul. This does not happen automatically. Basically, mankind and humankind is selfish. What will I get? That's the trend and spirit of the age. So that is the basic culture. Everything is around that. Now you think about business. Now we are all using our cell phones. You think all the cell phone manufacturers and all the Yattel and all those network people are so desirous that we should be communicating with one another and bless the community? They always have a hidden cost. A hidden agenda is always there. That spirit should not dominate in Christian ministry. There will be no hidden agenda in our ministry. No hidden cost in whatever we serve to people. What I am telling and teaching you now is a very unpopular thing. It was there in the time of Paul also. Philippians 2nd chapter, reading from the 17th verse. I am being out as a drink offering on the sacrifice and service of your faith. I am glad and I rejoice with you all. In a meat offering when you burn it at least the ashes will be left behind. 
but when you talk about drink offering the fluid offering when you pour it out nothing is left it is all gone so paul doesn't call himself a meat offering he calls himself a drink offering poured on the service and sacrifice for people this is a very unpopular thing those days also why reading from verse 19 i trust in the lord jesus to send timothy to you shortly that i may also be encouraged when i know how you get on why i have no one like minded who will sincerely care for your state and verse 21 for all the others they seek their own and not the things which are of Christ Jesus all here so many churches so many people so many associates but he picked up Timothy and say he is the only fellow who has no hidden agenda he will inquire about you just like i sincerely do are we ready to take our stand with that absolute minority of people like timothy i think it's a costly thing and uh, the lord would like to have us uh, answer this question jesus said the son of man did not come to be served but he came to serve the son of man did not come to use people but to be a use for the people it's a costly choice but it is a worthy choice we'll continue our study in the next segment god bless you